Appreciate you. There he goes, the great hardball Harge. And here we go, live from the Covert BK Studios. It is the award-winning Midday with Trey and BK. Uh, before we dive into today's show, Trey, would you uh, do me a favor and hand me my backpack, please, that is behind you here at Covert? Sure thing. And in exchange for you handing me my backpack. Oh, my goodness. I've got is something it, to hand to you. Is it happening? Is it really happening? Altstead uh, Brewery Koozie. Yes, get sir. Yes, sir. Let's see what else. Uh, oh, you you might have done some crying after the Rangers won the World Series. I did not. I'm not a big sports crier, I found out. I've got uh, some tissues for you. Also, oh, golden chick. Yeah, I'm keeping this. You ain't getting yep. that. You can have it. Uh, let's see what else is in here. Uh, napkin with some email addresses. I actually might need that. Oh, man, I guess I don't. I guess I don't. Oh, no, here it is. <laughs> the bet slip of all bet slips. Before the year started, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know this by now, but before the baseball season started, I went to Vegas with my last job at ESPN Houston. We were there for the NCAA tournament weekend two, and I texted a few of my friends. I'm like, hey, I'm in Vegas. Do y'all want me to put down any bets for you? And Trey was one of the guys who responded, and he's like, put 100 bucks on the Rangers to win the World Series. And I almost blocked his number because I was like, this is the stupidest text I've ever gotten in my entire life. What are you talking about? Your responses were the Texas Rangers or the New York Rangers? <laughs> it's like, yeah, New Stanley Cup, New York yeah. Rangers. Like, they've got a shot to to win that. But And then it was, are you sure? After I said, no, the Texas Rangers, are you sure? And then I actually, I questioned myself for a second. And I said, you know what? Let's just pick them to make the playoffs. That's a, a nice baby step this year. And I said, you know what? I'm expecting to lose this money anyhow. I screw it. Let's throw it all on the World Series. And it happened. So the 100 bucks that Trey Venmoed me turned into $7,000 the other night as the Rangers were able to win game five to win their first ever World Series. I think the parade is going on right now, or it's about to start in Arlington. Uh, we've been on cloud 11 since uh, that game went final on Wednesday night. This is the first time Trey and I have done a show together since that game went final Wednesday night. Uh, thank you to everybody who filled in for me. It was Jeff a couple of days ago. It was Rodney yesterday. Appreciate those guys for stepping in, allowing me to go to Phoenix to be a part of the festivities and uh, gave me the opportunity to watch the Rangers win the World Series in person. That was a ton of fun, but it's good to be back. And I'm so happy I'm handing you that bet slip, Trey, because I said it at the start of the playoffs and at the start of the Astros series and at the start of the World Series, that thing is going in one of two places. It's going in your hand or it's going in the trash can. And I really did not want to throw that bet slip away. I am so glad that uh, I'm giving you this thing because that means our favorite team was actually able to get the job done. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It is truly crazy. I, I still, it's hard to believe that Texas did it because even though I don't uh, show it as much as you do, it, it did feel like this was a franchise that was doomed to always fall a little bit short. But here we are now. They're world champs and... The memories of 2011, they won't ever totally leave because that was sports pain is an important part of the process, but that's not the lasting memory now. The lasting memory is a team that went 11-0 on the road that just continued to defy the odds and defy the doubters too, which by the way, uh, we as Rangers fans doubted in general and me as a Rangers fan, I doubted after game five of the ALCS that this team could pull off two more wins in Houston, but sure enough, they did. Uh, Garcia, incredible, of course. Corey Seager, the pitching staff. Bruce Bochy, his ability to manage his arms, both the starting pitching and then also the rotation, too. Shortening that rotation to turn a weakness during the season into a downright strength. And the combination of Josh Sabaros and Aroldis <laughs> Chapman and Jose Leclerc, they were really good and a big reason why this team was able to uh, get over that proverbial hump, as was this this team's resilience. And whenever one guy would go down or something bad would happen, there would always be a, at least a couple of dudes there to pick the team up. Last couple of games, it was a group effort, obviously, but Marcus Simeon, his bat finally comes alive. Yep when they needed it too after Garcia is lost for the rest of the series with that oblique injury. Yeah, Marcus Simeon hit two home runs in the playoffs and they came in the last two games of the World Series. In the last home run, like even after Texas had gone up, I guess it would have been three to nothing at the time. Mm -hmm. You felt better about it, but it was still one of those situations where it's like this, this is still rife for Arizona 
scratching and clawing their way to get three or four runs in the bottom of the ninth. Inevitably, because that's just the Rangers. When Simeon hit that home run, though, I I, I no longer thought that that that, that was going to happen. That that was the dagger. That was the nail in the coffin for it, them. It felt like the walk-off, right? Even yeah. though it was in the top of the ninth yep. inning and it wasn't technically a walk-off, like that was the moment where Rangers fans and D-backs fans and then every fan knew that uh, the game and the series was over. Can I ask you where Circa is? I haven't been to Vegas in forever. It's on Fremont. What does that mean? Old Vegas. So there's the oh, strip. excellent. Yeah. I get to go to Old Vegas to cash this ticket? Dude, Circa Sportsbook is the best place in the entire world. And when I was in Houston, I'm going to try to work this deal with us at Texas Sports Unfiltered, but they flew us out like four or five different times during my two years at ESPN Houston, and it's just the best sports book in the world. So, I freaking love Old Vegas. Yep, the newest place on Fremont in Old Vegas uh casino resort sports book they've got this place called stadium swim where it's an outdoor sports book it's like just giant tv screens and like cabanas and pools that are heated up in the winter that are cool in the summer and it's just the place to be so yeah i mean you, you shouldn't need an excuse to go to circa but now that uh yeah you've got to cash it there that's the uh that's the place to be man the timing is hilarious too because the last time i was in vegas Gosh, it may have been 15 years ago, 15 to 20 years ago. I, I don't go to Vegas with any sort of regularity, but by total happenstance, my wife and I are going in two weeks, so I actually get to cash this ticket out. I would have yeah. made a special trip to Vegas just to cash the ticket, of course, but the trip was already on the books. Like Our, our airfare and our hotel room are already taken care of now, so we just get to have a little bit more fun in Vegas, so I guess I need to return the favor, too. Yeah. Do you want me to place any bets for you? Here in a couple of weeks. Uh, the Rangers to lose the World Series next year. <laughs> I don't know if the odds are going to be very good for that one. Uh, I'll think of something. Okay. I'll think of something. I like, one time I went out there, I put four or five futures bets on and they all hit. Now, they weren't odds like that. Dang. But I like, my favorite bet every year, and people are going to hate me for this, but my favorite bet in college football was bet the under on Texas wins. So I, I, I did that last year when it was, what, eight and a half and they of course won eight games in the regular season and there was uh, the Astros to win the World Series middle of last year got me some decent juice there uh, Utah to win the Pac-12 once I saw Caleb Williams painting his nails I'm like yeah I feel good about this one <laughs> happening and then just one or two other things too so I, I had a good run and then last time I was there I put like four or five futures bets down and I threw them away like two days after I got mm. back to to Texas so I'll think about it. There might be something I uh, I hit you up for when you're out there. All right. But hopefully we're all out there together. We're trying to work on some Super Bowl happenings for February for Heck the big yeah. game with Texas Sports Unfiltered. But congrats. Don't lose that thing. I had that in a safe. Like, it was mine. Like, I, I had that thing guarded for dear life. I see you just folding it up, and it's freaking me out. Like, I kept that thing in pristine condition for, like, eight months, and now you're just folding it up and throwing it into your – giant wallet with a bunch of other cards and random shit and i'm like this thing's gonna get lost oh boy yeah i'm getting a little bit nervous about this but this is where it needs to go i can't just put it in my pocket if i put it in my pocket it'll definitely get lost mm. it's, it's gonna get lost in the wallet somewhere people are gonna be trying to pick your pocket for the rest of the day i know i'm a little bit worried about cashing a seven thousand dollar ticket in old vegas though i'm not gonna be stabbed by a hobo or something am i uh who knows? Hey, email from dbacks.com. Redeem your free digital ticket collectible. Thanks, dbacks. I'm going to get their emails because I bought tickets to their game, but I don't care. I love it. So you're sitting in the upper deck down the third baseline. How much do those tickets end up running you? Uh, in the door, all fees included, probably about 410 bucks. 410 per ticket. Sentexttickets.com, mm -hmm. where I bought the tickets. Ah. They've, they've got them. Because I tried to, I just looked on Ticketmaster because no. I didn't even stupidly didn't think about Syntex tickets. Shelby over at Syntex gets the best deals around. Ticketmaster, because of the zip code that I'd entered in, there were no tickets available. Like Arizona was trying to keep Rangers fans from attending the game in mass, which wow. they failed miserably at, by the way. Yeah. So Ticketmaster had no tickets available. Interesting. Yeah, no, I was able to get there, and I was sitting upper deck, home plate, but then I moved down right after the last out and just picked some random seats right near the third base dugout, wanted to be closer to the field for the trophy presentation, and somehow, someway, a couple of my boys and I made it on the Fox TV broadcast during the ceremony. Oh, I videoed the, uh, the uh, clip, and I sent 
eight pictures of you in, in various poses, including recognizing. Did you see it on the Jumbotron? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. And it, it clicked pretty quickly, like, because they were airing the actual Fox telecast on the Jumbotron at Chase Field. And I knew that. Like, I heard, I heard Kevin Burkhart talking. I'm like, oh, they're airing the whole thing. And then I look up at the Jumbotron and we're on it. And I'm just like, oh shit dude were we just on like national tv <laughs> and then the phone just starts blowing up yeah. man like uh which is great like y- y'all all got to see me on the best day of my life which is great like big moments are about spending with other people and uh got to in a sense spend it with every rangers fan out there on that day and i think we all agreed that is one happy pedophile right now uh was there someone else in the shot knows you with that mustache you darvish he's got a mustache <laughs> now looks like a pedo yeah you looks like a pedo looks like you can't trust him around elementary schools it's it's the third day of november i got another month of this basically i i got a weak head start because normally it doesn't grow this fast so i'm like i'm i need all the help i can get we'll we'll get a leg up on this thing and now the third day of the month, this thing is already disgusting. I'm terrified about what it's going to turn into. And you are a, a man of your word, too. So not only do you grow the mustache out, you do actually contribute to uh, men's health causes, right? Yes. But in finally meeting your mom for the very first time in person today and also uh, getting to hang out and chat with your dad, too, she was expressing the horror that she feels because she can't take a picture with you over the next month or so because you mm. uh, look like such a creep. And she even said that she promised to double the amount that you were going to donate to what is the cause that you donate to? November, the actual cause itself, November.com. That's the website. Are you sure they're not just embezzling money? Are they actually giving that money to men's health causes? Uh, maybe they're using it to keep just for men in business but shoshana kellner did tell me that she offered to double the amount that you would donate if you were to shave the mustache Mm. and you as much as you like to donate to that cause you also like growing the mustache out during november no i really don't actually it's all for the good cause uh it's also a confidence boost though i will i will say that yeah because i look like shit i'm willing to admit it (laughs) But every year I grow this thing out and I'm still able to make place with the ladies. And ah. it's like, if I, if I can pick up girls with a caterpillar on my face, then the other 11 months are going to be gravy. You don't go with the Super Troopers mustache ride line, do you? I've used it before. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not Has a regular, but uh, yeah, it's worked. Wow. I know. I know. Impressive. It's, it's and d- disappointing for them. that. Yeah, it's yeah, sad. It's, sad for, it's oppressive for me, but also pathetic for, for them. But <laughs> that's the charm and wit that I guess I bring to the table. Uh, but yeah, Movember.com if you want to donate there. And shout out to Cobra BK, by the way, for having us out. Ricky Williams is gone. Um, there's still some folks. There's still some free food upstairs here at Covert BK. He's still alive. He's just no longer at Covert BK. Yes. To clarify. Yes. Thank you for clarifying. I feel like uh, people didn't need that, but we're glad you're here, Trey. Uh, it was great. A lot of people got to take pictures, get some stuff signed by Ricky. We're grateful for him. He's got stuff going on around campus all weekend long, of course, celebrating the 25-year anniversary. Can you believe that? 25 years since Ricky won the Heisman Trophy at the University of Texas. They're going to honor him during the game tomorrow. So if you're going out to the game tomorrow, uh, definitely be on the lookout for that. But a really, really fun event today. Shout out to everybody who came out. And uh, yeah, our last Friday pregame luncheon of the year at Covert. It was fun. I think his record-breaking run, I was thinking about this last night, is is my all-time favorite in-person sports memory. Wow. I've got some uh, some great memories over time, plenty at DKR, but that memory will be b- burned in my brain until the end of time. And you got to see Ricky today. I did. Did you Took ask him? Did you ask him? It was a quick picture. I wasn't, oh. wasn't going to uh, – there were a lot of people waiting for Ricky. I wasn't going to get into that conversation right there. At some point <laughs> – I am asking Bucky to set up an interview with Ricky and me, and it'll be a good conversation. It'll be a very entertaining conversation, but I will ask it there if I ask it at all. Two things I thought were going to happen that didn't. Number one, I figured you would just cut the line to get to Ricky first. I'm respectful. This is why I don't understand getting blocked. I've been nothing but respectful and positive towards Ricky Williams. I don't even really, I never really even interacted with him on Twitter. And the second thing was I thought Ricky was going to punch you in the face or leave as soon as he saw you walk in. I. I don't know if he even knows who I am, to be completely honest about it. He shook your hand. It was, he gave me the look like, this guy? Seriously, this guy? Like, I'm nice enough to come out to your event, and this is the dude. It was the look. He didn't say it. He just gave that look, and I, I read him like a book, man. Call him BS there. I've got my horoscopes, or whatever they're called. Horoscopes. Yeah. 
What is that? What is that? The goggles you wear before you're uh, finding your victim on a Saturday night? They're not victims, but with the stash, I don't have much of a claim against that. (laughs) I don't think. Now, what is it? The astrology stuff. He's into the astrology deal, aren't they? uh, Horoscope. Horoscope. Is that it? That's three words you just said, not one. (laughs) Well, I have to say things really deliberately with you because otherwise you you back me into a corner and I don't know what to do. Mm. Like I can't talk about watching horror movies anymore because... You can't watch. Oh, you got a wife and kids. They'll they ask me, like "Oh, the, what? They what like what movie movies? about prostitution are you trying to watch?" Yeah. And it's not horror movies; it's horror movies. But if I say it like that, it sounds like I have a speech impediment. Mm. Yeah, you do. That's all right. What about Grinding Nemo? Are you a fan of that one? Grinding Nemo? Yeah. What is that? And that's another uh, horror movie. You're talking about horror movies, right? Oh, now. is this from your uh, your uh, issue with the uh, the porn tube? Yeah, it's not an issue. It's just something I like to do from time to time. Okay. What about a little spermaid? Are you a fan of that one? Little spermaid? Yeah. Oh boy. Uh this is definitely getting creepy. <laughs> turning uh turning kids' movies into porn titles. Uh yeah, I didn't do it. Don't blame me. What's another one? Let's go. And pull it up. Yeah. I'll pull some up here. Uh, definitely don't pull it out. Just pull it up. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh these are not off the top of my head. Those first two might have been, but uh all dongs go to heaven. Poker, poker hauntus. Uh, not familiar with that one. You a fan of that one? I am just coming up with something off the top of my head. Funny porn movie names. This is uh, this has gone off the rails here. You've got mail, but spelled M A L E. Mm. <laughs> Everyone I did last summer. Oh, oceans eleven inches. Oh, come on. <laughs> Dude, I, you just go down this list, but we are broadcasting at Covert and also around right. Covert for maybe the final time ever. So sorry to the Covert people right now. Oh, my God. We're having some fun today, clearly, <laughs> on a Friday. We've got a, a loaded show. We will give – that could be a name for whatever. Uh, we're going to give our picks for the football weekend. Trey and I are tied on our season-long pick contest right now. We've got six games against the spread including the Longhorns in Kansas State. Uh, we'll give those picks later. We'll have where are we at in society at the end of the hour. And I guess right now we could talk some Texas K-State if uh, if we're cool with that. We're less than 24 hours away from kickoff. Big matchup. Battle for first place in the Big 12. These were the top two teams in the preseason poll for this conference, so no surprise that uh, a day before game time that these two teams are fighting for first place in this conference. Malik Murphy making his second career start as a Texas Longhorn. Before we really dive into things, Trey, just kind of your thoughts on this matchup. Where's your confidence at with Texas going up against the Purple Cats tomorrow? I don't have a ton of confidence in this game, BK, because I think we are going to need a performance out of quarterback that I just don't know if Malik Murphy is capable of right now as he continues to get a handle on the quarterback position at this level, starting a second game and going up against a well-disciplined Kansas State team that uh, does not make a habit of beating themselves, especially on that side of the ball. Now, there are yards to be had, both through the air and on the ground, and their two losses this year, one time they got lit up through the air, the other time they got lit up on the ground. The air attack was through Missouri. The ground attack was Ollie Gordon the third, really his coming out party this year and that Friday night affair before the Texas OU game. And I'd like to think that this team will lean on the run a little bit more because of that. But back to the point that we've been discussing, and I think that you made last week when we were discussing, uh, we were talking about whether Arch Manning would find his way into the game. Steve Sarkeesian kind of is who he is at this point. And that can be a good thing, but it can also lead to flawed thinking at times where he's like, look, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm still going to insist on throwing the ball a whole lot more than, uh, than running it at times. And that includes at the starts of games. I would like to see them ease him into throwing the ball a little bit more in this game, but I have no faith that's going to happen. And unfortunately, if Malik Murphy is making some of the mistakes that he made last week, this Kansas state offense is going to make them pay in ways that BYU could not. Yeah, that's well said. I mean, you said at K state, it's very fundamentally sound and they just don't beat themselves. So Texas was able to overcome the two offensive turnovers because well, BYU had three 
BYU just couldn't do a whole lot offensively over the course of the game. You give PK and this Texas defense a lot of credit for that, but they just don't have the talent that Kansas State does. So, yeah, you turn the ball over twice in the first half tomorrow, then you're playing with fire a little bit, hoping you're still going to find a way to beat Kansas State because they're not going to give you the ball a bunch like BYU did. And that was huge for Texas last week, right? How many short fields did Texas have last week? Obviously, you had a punt return touchdown by Xavier Worthy, which was massive. But the three turnovers, you started in plus territory on all of those. BYU's punter had a couple of shanks. You got to start right around midfield. Like Texas, they scored five touchdowns in the game against BYU. One of them was a punt return, so the offense had four. Only one of those Texas touchdowns was a drive longer than 40 yards. They had one 75-yard drive. It was right before the half. It took it from 14-3 to to 21-3. to That was the one long-sustained scoring drive that Texas had in that football game. You're going to need more than one of those against K-State because you're not going to be starting on their half of the 50 every single time like you did a week ago. So you're going to need more consistency from this Texas offense, which means obviously Malik's got to be good. But like you said, Sark's got to be on his game too. And you not only need to sustain more drives, but when you get down there, you also need to come away with points. And the only other sustained drive that they had last weekend I believe they started on the 25 once again and got it all the way down inside the five-yard line but came away without any points. And this Kansas State defense, they're certainly not perfect. I feel like they're undersized on the edges along that defensive line and then also at linebacker, although their linebackers are very active and very short tacklers too. This Kansas State defense is really good in two situations so far this year. One is third down defense, and they're also pretty darn good with red zone defense. Not to say that they don't allow points at times, but they've turned their opponents away from the end zone, forcing field goals in a lot of those circumstances too. That's a bad combination. Right. This Texas red zone offense against K-State's red zone defense. Now, it doesn't matter. I mean, Houston had one of the worst red zone offenses or red zone defenses in the country, (laughs) and Texas, after those first two drives, struggled to do anything in the red area against Houston. So, yeah, going up against bad red zone defenses, this Texas offense can't get it done in the red area. Uh, it's a scary thought, but you're right. This is a take the points kind of game. Like Sark doesn't like to do that. He's all gas, no breaks. And the analytics have actually backed up most of the decisions that he's made when it comes to going for it on fourth down. But you might have to say to hell with what my gut says, to hell with what the analytics say. We just need points. Because I, I think this is a first to 30 wins tomorrow, and I don't know if either team gets to 30. Right. So, like, points are going to be at a premium. You're talking about two of the top 15 scoring defenses in college football. You're going to need to capitalize on any opportunity you get getting into the scoring area. Field goals are not bad plays tomorrow. Of course you want to get into the end zone, and people will get frustrated frustrated if Texas gets stopped on third down in the red area because that's just going to be more of the same problem that's been here all season long but field goals I'll call those wins against this K-State defense tomorrow three points is better than zero it is I realize that sometimes the metrics suggest that you go for it but once you have an established pattern then you can make the necessary adjustment if you need to and right now this team is not one that you have confidence in punching it in from inside the five. And does it suck to have to settle for a field goal if you're at the two or three yard line? Yeah, but it's still better than zero points, which is what they've been walking away from those situations far too often over the last three games now. Yeah, I'm with you, man. And then Malik Murphy, what do we expect from him? I'm with you, like nervous. I'm excited. Uh, Reason to think he's going to get better from start one to start two because that's just how life works. He's got some reps under his belt. He actually played in a meaningful game and got that experience, but... Uh, This defense is a lot tougher, and this is a a huge game for Texas. It's such a fine line, and you and I have talked about this all week, and I think Texas fans have talked about it a lot. It's, It's a fine line for Sark as a play caller and really an offensive coordinator to try to get your quarterback into a rhythm but also realize that your running back is your best player and the strength of your offense is the ground game. Like, you don't need to throw it nine of the first ten times tomorrow like you did last week to get Malik Murphy into a rhythm. But also, you can't run it nine of the first ten times and just, oh, Malik, hey, uh, we're actually down by seven in the fourth quarter. Can you go out there and make some plays? I know this is like your eighth pass attempt of the day, but we like there's a fine line that Sarks yeah. and a balance that he's got to strike between the run and the pass game. So the hope is Jonathan Brooks can get going on the ground, 
to where that right there takes some pressure off of Malik Murphy to where he just doesn't feel like he has to be the guy who is responsible for Texas winning to where he can just game manage and not turn the football over and just run an offense, be the bus driver, whatever cliche you want to use. That's what I hope. I hope this is not a scenario where Malik Murphy has to go out and win you this football game. They realized that it was a mixed bag when they were asking Malik Murphy to throw the football beyond the line of scrimmage last week. He wasn't even hitting 50% of his passes, whereas Quinn Ewers was over 60% on balls past the line of scrimmage. So uh, maybe it's more of an incremental process this week where you're asking him to do less early on, but you look to last week's sustained drives, BK, they were running it more than they were throwing. That's not a fluke. That's not because you threw it nine of the first 10 times in the game. That's because even with the offensive line not being as good as run blockers as they are pass blockers right now, the combination of those guys and Jonathan Brooks and CJ Baxter's capabilities at that position lend itself to more success with Malik Murphy as the quarterback. And by the way, if you can establish some semblance of ground game, or even if you don't, but you get that defense into the pattern of believing that there's about to be a handoff guess what you can run some play action Malik Murphy operates off a play action he's probably working with a little bit more space between the guys he's throwing it to and the defensive backs the linebackers whoever's dropped back in coverage yeah absolutely absolutely and I just hope uh this passing game could be a little bit more consistent tomorrow but uh, this is a Jonathan Brooks game I mean the last last two times that Texas has played K-State of course they've won both of those games it was Rojo two years ago that had a huge day, and it was Bijan last year, 30-plus carries for 200 yards in that game in Manhattan. Uh, that's that's the recipe for Texas. Like Jeff was on with Bucky and I this morning, and he'll be on with you from 3 to 5 today. This needs to be a game like that. Like you got to pull Jonathan Brooks, uh, Brooks aside and say, hey, man, like th- this is your game. We're going to give you the ball 30 times, go out there, and win us a football game. Like I hope that's what Sark's game plan is. Obviously, you can't do it if you can't run. The O-line's got to be great. They've got to be better than what they've been over the last few weeks. They've got to win up front against a pretty solid Kansas State defense that has been good against the run this year. But this needs to be one of those, like, not even C.J. Baxter, man. No disrespect to C.J. Baxter. I know he's going to get some carries. Last year, I went and looked at the box score. Rojo, better last year than C.J. Baxter is now, had seven uh, seven carries. Mm. Bijan had 30. Okay, This was Sark saying, Bijan, you're our best player. Go win us a football game, and he did. That's what it needs to be tomorrow. Like, CJ's going to get some run. I understand that. This cannot be anything close to a 50-50 split. This is a Jonathan Brooks upperclassman game. This is a smash-mouth game. You need your O-line to win up front. That's what I want Texas to do offensively tomorrow. And by the way, Kansas State is also going to be looking to establish the run, too. I I foresee a game that goes relatively quickly tomorrow, and I think it ends up in the lower-scoring variety because Kansas State – has a couple of dynamic running backs back there right now. DJ Giddens, who's a bigger back, but also has that home run hitting ability. Treshawn Watson, I believe he's a transfer from Florida State. And uh, they also have a really talented H-back who will go out and catch passes. He wears a fullback's number, so you might get confused. I think he also has the neck roll, too. He is a great route runner, one of the better tight ends in the Big 12, too. Uh, But also, you factor in guys like Avery Johnson, a true freshman who came into the mix after that Oklahoma State loss, and Will Howard, who had that fire lit underneath him when there was a little bit of a quarterback rotation. He was great last week against Houston. Yeah, the Houston defense isn't all that good, but Will Howard uh, seems to be back to the player that we became accustomed to last year and a guy who maybe maybe it was an injury that was causing him to misfire so badly against Oklahoma State. Whatever was wrong, he has corrected that now. And I think that's in part because competition begets greatness. And he realized that if he didn't pick it up, that Avery Johnson was going to take that job outright. Well, Will Howard, the competitor that he is, had some say-so with that. He was great throwing the ball last week, and he is a capable runner too. That worries me because the Texas defense, while they've been great against dynamic quarterbacks who are better at running the football, they tend to sleep a little bit more on those quarterbacks who are also good throwers. Think back to Dylan Gabriel in that Oklahoma game. Will Howard has similar capabilities as a runner, and I could see Chris Kleiman doing some design QB runs with both him and Avery Johnson, yeah. including maybe running some option, like what we saw Kansas having some success with with Jason Bean at quarterback earlier in the season. And that's what K-State does well. Like It's not a twist for them to use the quarterbacks in the run game. That's something that they like to do every week, and they're good at it. Colin Klein's the offensive coordinator after all. Yeah, exactly. And give him and Chris Kleiman credit uh, because that Avery Johnson move absolutely worked. Avery Johnson, the highest-ranked recruit for K-State, 
probably a guy who was underrated by a lot of the recruiting metrics this past cycle. Four-star kid, I think a top 10 dual-threat quarterback in the country. Uh, he's been really, really good for them. But like you said, it kind of lit a fire under Will Howard's ass because Will Howard has played his best few games of the season since Avery Johnson got inserted into that quarterback rotation. And you just don't see this in college football. I mean, last week it was Will Howard who got most of the run against Houston. But the week before against TCU, another blowout win for K-State, they literally flipped series. Like, Will Howard got a series. Avery Johnson got the next series. It didn't matter who was scoring, who wasn't scoring. They just flipped back and forth, and both guys were having a ton of success. They beat TCU 41-3 to in that football game. So, yeah, both of those guys can run it. Both of those guys can throw it. The weakness for K-State is their passing offense still. Yeah. They don't have a great downfield threat right now. Mm-mm. Phillip Brooks is the best receiver. He's 5'7". He's a slot guy. He, he can cause some problems, don't get me wrong. But they don't have a great... Uh, deep threat. You think of a guy like Tyler Lockett. Hell, a guy like Malik Knowles, who was there last year. Yeah. Uh, D, uh, they've they've had plenty of those types of dudes over the year. They don't have one, so their downfield passing game isn't great, which is good news because this Texas, uh, Texas secondary I think still has some holes. But you got to be on your P's and Q's because you said it. Giddens, Ward, Johnson, and Howard all average more than five yards a carry. Texas's defense gives up 3.2 yards a carry. So that's that's your strength on strength right there. If Texas is able to keep K-State anywhere close to 3.2 yards a carry, the Longhorns are going to win. They're going to cover. They might win this game by double digits. But if K-State's rushing attack with those four players, the two QBs and the two running backs, are able to have success and average five yards a carry tomorrow, then uh, we're probably talking about Texas losing and the college football playoff dream being dashed. So the Friday Texas Sports Unfiltered email chain during the football season does include our predictions of the Longhorns week uh, matchup that weekend. You have everybody's predictions at this point, I believe, including mine, but we don't have your prediction just yet. Where are you with this game? I've gotten, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, seven predictions so far. So we don't have the whole crew's picks just yet, but I'm seeing six picks for Texas and one for Kansas state right now. Mm-hmm. That one is from you. Yeah. You're going with K state tomorrow. I think Kansas State's going to win the game. 21 to 20 is your final score prediction? Yep. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Okay. Yeah, I'm picking K State too. Yeah. Yeah. 69 to nothing. <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. That's a Texas score and a Texas nice. score only. That's uh, that's what we do. Now, nah, I, I kind of like the 21 to 20 game. I think this is played in the 20s. Uh, I'm just nervous, man. Like I, Malik Murphy was fine. I like the way he responded after the two turnovers he had last week, but. He didn't do enough to inspire enough confidence for me to pick Texas to win this football game. Like, yeah. even if Quinn was playing, I'd probably pick Texas to win if Quinn was playing, but I would think it would be a three to seven point margin of victory. Like, I still think this would be a four quarter game that would come down to the final minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just, yeah, I, I think without Quinn, I hope Malik proves me wrong. I hope he goes out there and looks way better than he did last week. And, I said it from the moment Quinn Ewers got hurt. This is Malik's opportunity. He's been waiting for this chance to show everybody that he's actually the best quarterback on campus. Like, he should be the starter and not Quinn Ewers. I wanted this to be conversations where it's like, oh, shit, if Quinn comes back, we don't we don't even want to see Quinn back. Like, you know, Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams type of, type of thing. Like, ah, Caleb Williams just took the job a few years ago and just ran with it and never gave it back. Like, that's what I was hoping to see. Didn't see that last week. If we see it tomorrow, Texas wins, and I'll be feeling good eating some of my words. But I just, I think K State's the more physical football team. I think they're going to win up front. Uh, I think Chris Kleiman's a hell of a coach, and I think the uh, the six game win streak that Texas has over the Purple Cats comes to an end tomorrow. It'd be a damn shame to play them one final time and to lose that final time. Leak doesn't need to be great. He just he he needs to be. He needs to be okay. He needs to be a little bit better than okay, perhaps. But we don't need to put too much on his shoulders early on. Obviously, if Texas is losing the game by a couple of scores in the second half, he does need to throw the football a little bit more. But I don't think you need to put too much pressure on him. As much as Steve Sarkeesian wants to get his young quarterback comfortable, 
in the flow of a game, there's overdoing it. Yeah. And you could get away with it against BYU last week. I, again, you're not going to get away with it if that's how you try and go out and attack Kansas State tomorrow. I wouldn't mind seeing a, an early deep shot or two if the Kansas State defense allows it. I know they go that three high, uh, three high safety look, but if they're bringing one of those safeties down to help with the run game for Texas and also some of those passes along the line of scrimmage, let Malik Murphy try and hit a deep ball to sure. uh, an Xavier Worthy or maybe even like a Jonte Cook in the first couple of series. Nah, we're not going to see Jonte We're not going to see Jonte Cook, I know, but Malik Murphy and Jonte Cook, they've been playing catch all season long, haven't they? Yeah. As second teamers. You would think. So that rapport exists for a reason when guys play with one another Ooh. enough, which sounds strange coming out of my mouth, as does that. Yeah, who's got the mustache now? <laughs> it's Jonte Cook. Uh, maybe, maybe an underdog uh, underdog for going deep early and Malik Murphy hitting. Hey, Probably Mitchell. not. I just talked myself out of it. A.D. <laughs> Mitchell had the two touchdown catches last week, so maybe there's yeah. a little bit of uh, chemistry between those two, and obviously one of those was a deep shot. So I'm with you, man. If K-State's going to stack the box to stop the run, you're going to need your quarterback to step up and make some plays. Uh, you Like, you don't need every Malik Murphy throw to be behind the line of scrimmage. No. I want to see the middle of the field utilized a little bit more because those throws should be easier, hypothetically, versus throwing to the numbers. Uh, I would love JT Sanders to make more of an impact in this game because I feel like he can be one of the better weapons in college football. Um, I would like him to be used a little bit more, but still, yeah, you, you got to take some deep shots to keep that Kansas State defense honest a little bit. Their secondary is young. It's pretty inexperienced. That's probably the youngest and most inexperienced part of this Kansas State football mm. team. You've got great receivers. You've got great tight ends. Uh, use them. Find a way to use them. And if you can, then that would be good. What about the leash? Should we ask about the leash question again? With How Malik long Malik Murphy? Murphy's leash is? Yeah. I mean, is this a game where, you know, we didn't see any Arch Manning last week. I think most Texas fans were hoping we would get to see Arch down the stretch, it felt like there was maybe an opportunity on the last series of the game with Texas up 35-6 to six to get Arch out there. Now, he would have been handing the ball off the whole time, so we wouldn't have gotten to see the arm talent or anything like that. But still, that would have been some in-game experience for him. Uh, what, what do you do? I mean, if, if Texas is in trouble, which thank God we weren't in that situation last weekend, but if Texas is in trouble, how long uh, before Steve Sarkeesian considers going to the true freshman? Close to done even predicting something like this because I don't even know if Steve Sarkeesian has leashes for his quarterbacks. I think he gives way too much leeway. But I don't know if Malik Murphy has a couple of turnovers, three turnovers going into halftime, and Texas is trailing by a couple of scores. Yeah. He's got to do something to mix it up. If yep. he don't, if he doesn't, that is an enormous flaw for him as a head coach. That is, I think, a red flag going forward. Like his inability to make that simple of an adjustment. The guy who is touching the ball more than anybody else on offense is hamstringing your ability to stay in and win the game. Yeah. If he doesn't, then I'll be worried that Arch Manning is just not that good, you know, like long term. Maybe in that scenario. Maybe, but I think it would be more of a Steve Sarkeesian. It, yeah. It's not you, it's him Thank sort you. of deal. It's not Arch, it's it's Sark. I invented it's not you, it's him. Oh, yeah, that's not what Costanza says. A little bit different there. We'll take your score predictions as well. Hit us up on the uh, YouTube comment line or text in on the Coda text line 512 222 9328. We've got an update on the Michigan sign stealing scandal we need to tell the people about. We'll also get to our picks here in a moment, but uh, some love to some of our great sponsors. We mentioned Covert B Cave. Thanks to them for hosting us all season long. Today's event was a ton of fun. Uh, you can still get a car out here, of course. They've got the biggest selection of cars, trucks, and SUVs that you can find, both new and pre-owned. They've got great deals going on all year long, too. Weekly specials. You don't have to wait till Christmas time or Labor Day or Truck Month to get a great deal here at Covert. They've got great prices, great selection, and the service is second to none. Nobody beats a Covert deal. Not now, not ever. AV Consultations, Trey? You don't need a new TV with your $7,000 because you got the hookup from AVC. No, my wife and I have talked about putting some floodlights in outside in the front yard, also in the backyard, and we're considering getting a ring camera too. I know that when we decide to pull the trigger on that, we are going to go through audiovisual consultations. We always talk about the fact that they can provide that dream home theater setup. They do so much more than that. It can be simple electrical needs, or it can be something like a security system in your home. Maybe you're trying to link up your entire house. you got speakers all over the place, but you want that main source 
uh, downstairs in the living room or someplace else. Audiovisual consultations can do all of that and more. Go to avconsultations.com to check out all the services that they can provide for you and your home or place of business. And once you have settled on that service, you're going to give them a call at 512-255-8678 for audiovisual consultations. Yes, indeed. And while you're watching on your AV consultations TVs this weekend, make sure you're enjoying some Altstad beer as well. Drink it responsibly. Please, whatever you're doing. But for your tailgates, your watch parties, make sure you are locked and loaded with the best beer that you could find. That is Altstaff beer. No impurities. No regrets. A couple of score predictions coming in. Jason says 28-24 Texas. Travis goes 27-21 Texas. Eric says Carrot Top will kick a 42-yard field goal at the buzzer to win. 30-28 to Longhorns victory. I love that. DJ says K-State 35, Texas 13. Ooh, any loss would hurt, but that one would really, really hurt. That, yeah, that would not be good. No, no, that would not be good. All right, here's this update from the Michigan sign-stealing scandal. Uh, According to a report, Michigan is currently in possession of documents that could link the private investigators behind the sign-stealing scandal back to Ohio State. So Michigan apparently is trying to prove that it's Ohio State who is ratting them out right now in regards to the sign-stealing investigation, and Michigan says it has proof that they could pin the Buckeyes on this. Does this matter? They're still cheating. That's your big reveal, Michigan, that Ohio State is the one that's pinning you here? Guess what? Nobody is surprised by that. This isn't something that is going to exonerate you. If anything, it just becomes a hilarious side note that your rival caught you like this. You're still the jackasses that went to these lengths to try and get an advantage on your competition. Everybody does it to a degree. You have gone to such an excessive degree that there could be an example made out of you as a result of this. How dare you use a private investigator to uncover your biggest rival's massive, unprecedented network of cheating? Like, how dare you do something like that? And what is this? Is this Michigan admitting that they're cheating? But, hey, don't be mad at us for cheating. Be mad that our rival took us down. Is that their pivot here? They're overblowing it because it's Ohio State and they're looking to take us down. They they caught us, but we can prove how they caught us. They may be looking to take you down, but you did plenty on your own, which, by the way, there are so many different details of this story that are flabbergasting. The fact that that many different programs went to TCU and said, hey, guys, Michigan is stealing signs in ways that nobody else is. Y'all should recognize that before that semifinal matchup. And Sonny Dykes wisely put dummy calls in there that helped them win that game. I love that detail of the story, but that shows just how excessive it was, that they were warned by however many other programs that it was happening, and it turned out to bite them in the ass. I I love that just in terms of a um, a, – what is it that they call it in baseball where the players are uh, governing themselves? Unwritten rules? Not the unwritten rules. It's um, self-policing. Okay. There's sort of a self-policing that went on there where Michigan didn't even get a slap on the wrist in that moment, but they had to pay a price because they were doing things a certain way. TCU figured it out, and so they used that against them. But now you could see the NCAA or maybe the Big Ten actually do something more substantive with regards to punishing them. Now, I said this the other day with Kevin. And I'll say it again to you right now. Part of me hopes that the NCAA doesn't do anything to Michigan because this could be a final nail in the coffin of the NCAA having anything to do with college football. That you're seeing something this serious happen and the NCAA's complete lack of respect from its member institutions and therefore lack of authority renders it useless in a situation like this Ah. because the NCAA needs to be completely done with college football by the time we get to that next big TV deal with the college football playoff expanding. That won't be next year. It won't be the year after that. But by 2026, we need to completely remove the NCAA from this sport. Mm, Okay. So you're thinking that if they just don't do anything here, that will be sort of the final nail in the coffin and people will be so pissed at the NCAA for just sitting idly by that they'll realize that, hey, we're better off without you. The NCAA is already on life support right now. And a lot of people are trying to give – New NCAA President Charlie Baker, who is a politician in his background. He's the former governor of Massachusetts. They're trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because they're wanting to see NIL legislation passed federally that, amongst other things, protects the universities and athletics departments from ever being considered employers of their student-athletes, most specifically college football. But that's exactly 
what they're also fighting for is putting the collectives under the umbrella of the university's athletic departments and essentially having the athletics departments paying these guys to play this sport. If that's not an employee, I don't know what is. But Charlie Baker is working so far behind the eight ball right now because the NCAA loves to operate with its head in the sand, eventually pulling it out five years too late and trying to do something. Mm. And that which they're trying to do is also well behind the times as well. The NCAA has failed on so many levels with this sport. Let them continue to govern the Olympic sports in college. Let them continue to have a heavy hand with men's and women's basketball, March Madness, with softball, which has increased in popularity, with baseball too. They need to be completely out of college football because they just don't have that authority anymore because they don't have the respect. It'll eventually turn into whether it's the college football playoff committee or another governing body, but some other institution needs to come in to be in charge of college football because the NCAA can't get it done anymore. I've heard of pulling out late, but five years too late. Did I hear you say that? Yeah, that's, that's BYU soaking right there. It sounds like, okay. <sighs> Can I tell you have a soaking story? What do you, what do you, yes, I do. Yes, I do. I'm sorry. Cause I don't know if we want to explain this at covert because this, this broadcast is going out uh, over, (laughs) over the showroom at covert right now. Is there an easy way to explain what soaking is a PG way to explain what soaking is? Uh, Mormons don't believe in premarital sex, right? And as a way to get around that, young people, because young people are great at finding solutions to things that they're told they can't do. Sure. A couple, supposedly, this is the rumor. This is what soaking is. A couple will come together and things will come together, like just in terms of like physically being together. And let's say the, say, see if I can say this vaguely enough to where you can still understand. The, the P will be in the V. Do you, do you get the drift there? Yeah, very vague. But <laughs> but nothing is happening. There's no movement happening. Right. And then somebody else will come into the room and jump on the bed to make things happen. Or just shake the bed. Or shake the bed. Yeah. Or shake the bed. So somebody, some other outside force is coming in to move the bed around. So the two people who were involved in the whole uh, Super Soaker TV summary. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, aren't having to do anything themselves, so no, they're not actually committing a sin or a crime. That's the gist of soaking, correct? Yeah, did you just learn about this? I did. It's last like weekend. You just read an article like two days ago, and you're revealing your findings to the public. Last weekend at the BYU game, I find found out about this. Did you ask a BYU fan? So the guy that I was at the game with, you know him, Baker, who is an absolute maniac. Oh, yeah. So he tells me about this, and he's telling me as we're watching this group of uh, Mormons with their short sleeve button shirts and their ties standing in the aisle, basically just looking up through the crowd. And so I called him over. I said, dude, that's BS. That is, that is an urban myth that's on par with, I don't know, the angry pirate or the dirty Sanchez or pick some hilarious sexualized term that there's no way that's happening in real life. I'm like, I guarantee you, I'm going to ask these guys right here and they're going to completely squash this. There's no way this is true. That is way too many steps. It involves a third person or a fourth person even in the room. There's no way it's true. So I called them over and they were so happy. I mean, Mormons are some of the happiest people, especially uh, the guys wearing the short sleeve button up shirts with the, the ties. They're looking for bodies. They're trying to recruit you. <laughs> exactly. They, they have to be happy. So I call yeah. them up. I'm like, guys, how's it going? Appreciate the respect that y'all are showing the stadium today. I forget what BS I threw out there. But I'm like, have you guys heard of soaking before? And immediately, all four of their faces changed. They went from smiling to, like, horror. 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 I don't think they're horrors, dude. Horror. Horror. Right. (laughs) And so I asked them, I'm like, do you know what that is? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, Tell this guy that that's complete BS. There is no way that is a part of young Mormon culture. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, that's BS. That That's total BS. We don't even know where that came from. So I am here to squash this for, for the rest of time that Mormons aren't engaged in something called soaking, which is actually, it's not great, but it's a lot less dirty than what it sounds like. Our guy Brock, young Brock, is here working the show. He's raising his hand. What you got?
Brock. Yeah, that's being that's having fun with that <laughs> su- concept. All right, if you didn't hear that, because Brock doesn't have a mic by him, he said there was a BYU fan at the game last week that was wearing a shirt that said "I soak." And I would also wonder if that's just some random jabroni Texas who re- fan. isn't really that big of a BYU fan, yeah. but doesn't have a dog in the fight and uh, is having some fun with that concept. That's incredible. Well, I think you're lying, dude. Oh, we got a comment now. I had an ex-Mormon girlfriend 14 years ago, and she said it definitely was a thing at BYU. Oh, well. Maybe okay. they're just trying to deny it because they're so embarrassed that it happens. But Who was the basketball player who got busted for premarital sex? Brandon Davies was his name. Yeah. It's I wonder like, if he was soaking. Is that okay or not? No, it's not. Does it still count as... Yes! Ah, I disagree. I mean, look, if you if you go to one of those seedy by-the-hour motels and you go P to V action, but you're not making any movement, but you stick a quarter in the uh, the box that's next to the bed that causes the bed to shake around, you're still having sex. You are. Okay, what if you take one of those old coin things from Taco Bell, you know the game where you try to land the coin on the... No, I don't know what game you're talking about. I don't ever go to Taco Bell. You know about this? This has been around there forever. You've been within the last 40 years to a Taco Bell. You've nope. seen this. Well, I have with you wearing a Kim Jong-un romper, but I don't remember any sort of machine like that. We got to give picks. Brock's <laughs> raising his raising hand again. Raising his hand like he's in class. Viral YouTube video called God's Loophole. No, I don't think I do. I need a... Uh, Oh, God. God's loophole similar to soaking. Uh, my parents are here today. They can't be proud of this conversation. No. And Brock's mom is here, too. This is a disaster. Oh, we've got some picks to give. We have like nine minutes left before we hand things off to Chip and Zay. No way those guys are going to be able to follow this. Up. Oh, well, I guess we are not going to be doing where are we at today then, but I do need to preview a story for next week. Okay. It's like we can go quick and then five minutes for where no, are we at. We don't, we don't need to go quick. I can uh, hold on to this one. This, this story is going to remain evergreen. Okay. First ever Florida man games will feature beer belly wrestling and evading arrest obstacle course. This has to be a joke. It's, it's, it's the AP. Associated Press is reporting it from October 26, 2023. This is the greatest. Oh, man. <laughs> We're going to have to talk about this story. We're also going to have to recreate these games at some point. Yes. The Texas unfiltered Florida man games. I don't know how we're going to make that happen, but we need to make that happen. Wow. All right, that's coming up next week and where are we at in society. We do need to give some love to past Wranglers, though. Absolutely. Finally got to meet uh, our friend Steve in person today. He came out to Covert BK. It was great to finally put the face to the name Steve, a.k.a. Cooter. And since 2006, he has been operating Pest Wranglers and doing a great job at it, not just taking care of those pest problems that are all around Central Texas and homes and businesses, but he is a big relationships guy. And so he has made sure since the beginning that he is treating people right. That includes his employees who then go out and provide excellent customer service when they are taking care of those pests. I not only know that because I see the type of person that Steve is, but I also have looked at all the five-star rating reviews on Google, Yelp, and elsewhere of Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers does not operate on contracts. If you're unhappy with the service, customer service, or pest removal service, you can be done with them right then and there. They don't have contracts. They're not holding on to your information, but you will be a satisfied customer. I am confident about that. Go to pestwranglers.com to see all the different services they provide and to find that contact info. Pest Wranglers, a proud sponsor of Where We At in Society, which ain't happening today because we got to pick games. We got to pick some games. And as I mentioned earlier, we are tied in our season-long pick'em contest. I was up two games going into last Friday, and Trey went three and one on me. We had four different picks, and he got three of them right. I only got one of them right, so Trey has closed the gap, and here we are going into the 10th week of the college football season and the ninth week of the NFL season, dead even with our season-long contest i i feel like we're gonna have a lot of the same picks this week okay well we've got six games all against the spread for college and two pro it's an incredible weekend of football like last weekend not a lot of big games in either college or the nfl uh not the case at all over the next couple of days this is one i don't like the 11 a.m kick but like kind of glad i just get to watch texas and then watch all of the other games tomorrow because there's a lot to choose from it's a fair point i'm going to be watching the texas game on tape delay because my team is going to go out to win a second and third grade girls volleyball championship starting tomorrow morning i'm going to bet on the other teams Mm. is that one of my picks 
Well, you're not allowed anywhere near the courts with that mustache, so I'll uh, place that bet for you. I wasn't allowed anywhere near the courts before the mustache, but yeah, now, <laughs> now there's no chance. Uh, all right, we'll go college first. Start with the 11 a.m. game here in Austin. Why not? I think we both already gave our picks. Texas now a three-and-a-half-point favorite against K-State. Trey, you're sticking with the Purple Cats. K-State by a point. Yeah. So wrong team favored. I've got wrong team favored as well, and that's why we're the most optimistic, positive, uplifting show in the history of sports media. Some call us pessimists. I call us realists. I call us pessimists. Uh, I've got K-State as well, so we're together on that one. What about Bedlam? The other matchup involving two 4-1 and one teams in the Big 12 right now. OU a six-point favorite on the road in Stillwater. Mike Gundy is 3-15 all-time against the Sooners. This is the last, I don't know if I want to say ever, but the last Bedlam scheduled for the foreseeable future. I'll go first here. I don't bet against Oklahoma in this game. This is the one that I thought we would have different. You're taking the pokes? I'm taking the pokes. The hate is real, and boy, is it prevalent right now, especially on the Stillwater side of things. I like Ollie Gordon, his ability to get something going in this game to uh, help Oklahoma State keep that OU offense off the field and uh, really tire out the OU defense. And this is an Oklahoma team that has really struggled over the last couple of weeks. Now, Kansas is a decent team, so I'm not going to fault them too much for that. They very nearly lost that UCF game, too. Yeah. So I think Oklahoma uh, has some things that they need to get right right now, and this week is the wrong week to have to do that against an Oklahoma State bunch that has really turned their season around over the last month or so. Focus too much on making shirts after the Texas game that they just stopped practicing, I guess, because it has not been the same team in their last couple of games since the Cotton Bowl. Uh, you know how many times Oklahoma's beaten Oklahoma State? A lot. 91. You know how many times Oklahoma State's beaten Oklahoma? I want to say it's like in the teens. 19. <laughs> yeah. Big an OU. Uh, LSU at Alabama. I guess we're still rooting for Alabama to win these games, right? This is a big one in the SEC West. It's in Tuscaloosa. The Crimson Tide three-point home favorites, Trey. Jane Daniels has been better as a thrower this year than I thought he would be. And I'm inclined to think that LSU can keep it within three. But at the same time, I am not trusting a big game Brian Kelly or small game Brian Kelly, as it were. And I also know that Alabama is playing this game in Tuscaloosa, and they have been a much better football team since that Texas game. Now, they did have the struggle the week after that against USF, but Jalen Milrow is starting to take some steps forward as a passer. That defense is still really good, and they've got some really good options at running back, too. I think Alabama covers the three. Yeah, I do as well. I don't like to bet against Alabama ever. I especially don't like to bet against Alabama at home. Jaden Daniels has been the best quarterback in college football this year. He mm -hmm. really has, but I'm still going with the Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa here. Uh, Washington at USC. You know, Washington beat Oregon. Everyone was giving them their flowers. They've really struggled in their last two games against, what, Arizona State and Stanford? Mm -hmm. I know USC has been really, really bad over the last month, but uh, I don't know, man. Washington only a three-point road favorite at USC. Can I bet on USC right now? I, I wouldn't trust that because, if anything, this game turns into a shootout, and I have more faith in Washington yeah. In a shootout than I do USC. Yeah. Not to try and talk you into the pick that I'm no, making. I'm going to make Washington. Washington's my pick as well, man. I just I can't bet on that Alex Grinch defense yeah. right now. So nope. I'm going with UW covering the three on the road. Yeah, USC is reeling right now, and I don't think that changes this weekend. Even though that game is in Southern California, I think that Washington gets it back on track. They're dealing with some injuries in that receiving core right now, which yeah. is obviously harming uh, Penix's ability to uh, reach his full potential. But I think this is the week that Washington gets it back on track. I'm with you there. All right, on to the NFL. We've got some really, really good games on the NFL slate this Sunday, but we only have space for two. We'll start with the game in Germany. I hate these games, dude. You hate the Germans? I, um, I am German. There's a town in Germany that is called uh, Ellingsburg or something. So uh, my family has a town named after it in Germany. Mm. I just hate the international games because it's way too early on a Sunday. And to attempt to figure out what is going to happen in these games is a pretty difficult prospect. It's worse than trying to predict what's going to happen on Thursday night football. I uh, have no problem with international games. I have a problem with good games like this being overseas. That's fair. Like, cause uh, yeah, you, you want to throw the Patriots and the Cardinals over there this year. Okay. Yeah. Falcons and Jags a couple weeks ago. Sure. Fine. Sign me up for that, but we've got the six and two dolphins and the six and two chiefs, Kansas city, a one and a half point favorite in Frankfurt. What say you? I'm going dolphins here. Oh, I think man. they win this game. Chiefs 
have uh, been very strange. I realize Mahomes was dealing with an illness last week, but something's not right with that offense right now. They they need more playmakers to step up than what they currently have beyond Kelsey and then Pacheco too. I'm taking the Dolphins too. Mm. I don't like betting against the Chiefs. I don't like betting against Mahomes or Andy Reid, but I just think the Dolphins have a little bit more, like you said, weaponry on offense, and Tua's been playing at a great level again this season. So uh, I'll go with Miami as well to cover and, and win this game outright. Last but not least... America's game of the week. 325 on Fox, the 5 and 2 Cowboys, the 7 and 1 Eagles, the first of two matchups between these two NFC East rivals. Philly only a 3-point favorite. Some questions about Jalen Hurts in that knee. I think he's going to play, but will he be the same Jalen Hurts that we've seen over the last year and a half? Uh I can't take the Cowboys here, man. Uh, I'm taking Philly minus 3. Obviously hope I'm wrong. I will say this. Bucky made the Eagles a 5,000 unit lock. This morning, and Bucky is down 21,000 units this season. He also had Oklahoma State as a 5,000-unit loss as well. So congrats to OU on another Bedlam victory tomorrow. Cowboys-Eagles, I gave my pick. Philly, minus three. Hoping I'm wrong. I'm inclined to pick the Cowboys here because Dak Prescott has played really well over the last handful of weeks. Jalen Hurts' health status is potentially an issue, but... Hell no, I'm not picking Mike McCarthy to win a game like this. Give me Philly to cover the three. All right, so only one different pick this weekend. We're lame. That's lame. It's not normally like this. There's other good games we could try and go with. Uh, it's 1 o'clock right now, yeah. so we can't do that. I want you to win, too, because I want Oklahoma State to win. So I hope you're up one by the time we do our picks next Friday. Would you like to change any of your picks? Yeah, give me Oklahoma State. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that. God, I want to bet the Cowboys only because do of Bucky. It. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. I just can't do it. Uh, all right, that's gonna wrap up. This might be our last show at Covert B Cave, at least for the foreseeable future. Thank you so much to the co- Covert folks. This has been incredible. Yeah, Texas, of course. Uh, the last home game the Longhorns have is Black Friday, so we're normally out here on Friday. But the game against Texas Tech is on Friday, and. Hopefully, we'll be at Schultz Garden doing pregame that day. We will be at Crown and Anchor doing pregame tomorrow morning. So, definitely uh, stop by if you're making your way to DKR. Go by Crown and Anchor, North Campus, right there off of 30th on San Jacinto. If you've been in Austin, you know what Crown and Anchor is. I don't have to explain that one. We'll be there tomorrow morning. Really looking forward to that live broadcast. Hope to see y'all out there. I see Zay. New little crosstalk with Zay. I don't see Chip just yet. What's up, Zay? What's up, fellas? How you hey. doing? I'm chilling, man. How y'all living? Uh, we're living, man. We're living. How uh, how you feeling about this game tomorrow? I'm sure you and Chip are going to be talking about it for the next two hours. But where's where's your mind at right now? Um, a little skeptical. A little skeptical. You know, I saw Trey's pick on our Texas Sports Unfiltered text thread of Kansas State, and it was hard for me. To pick Texas winning this game, especially with all the people that we've talked to this week going with the Wildcats. So, yeah. Lee Sterling. Yeah. Lee Sterling's going with the Wildcats. Mm, Yep. Didn't like hearing that because he's been red hot this year with his picks. So, that's Ricky? What did Ricky Williams say? Uh, He He has horrible memories of Kansas State. Yeah, he does. He does. We didn't get into too many uh, old school Ricky Williams stories. There was a lot of signing autographs and taking pictures and people eating food. So there wasn't a ton of uh, conversation about the games itself. But um, yeah, I don't know. Where are you at with this one, Chip? How you feeling? I'm all over the place. <laughs> well, <that's every> day. <laughs> Yesterday, I felt there was no way Texas was going to win. Um. You know, I reported earlier this week that JT Sanders aggravated his ankle injury. Christian Jones is working through an injury. I mean, this is going to be the ultimate test of want to mental toughness. Like, is this team really about it? Like, (laughs) this is it. You know, this is going to be the most difficult test because there is a tiny chance Quinn could be back for TCU. There's a Better chance he'll be back for Iowa State. But this team is clearly the best of those three teams. So yeah. let's see if everybody can pull together. I mean, Texas, 
has the defense to win this game. They have the special teams to win this game. It's can they move the football and not turn it over in in this game? Amen. Amen. Well, excited to hear y'all's breakdown over the next couple of hours. And uh, y'all have a great show. I'll see y'all soon. Hey. Appreciate you, fellas. Guess what? BK. Yeah. So my wife surprised me last night and took me to Dallas to see Queen. Ooh. Because nice. I, did, I did not get to see their full set at F1. And she knows I love Queen. And Brian May legendary guitarist for queen huh. comes out in a rangers uniform oh. for, for we are the champions it no was kidding. awesome because it was at american airlines center in 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 dallas place went bonkers oh that's cool bonkers. Any, any video of that yeah i'll send it to you oh that's wow your wife is the best for taking you to that but Thank you for sending that. That's freaking incredible, man. I'm about yeah. to start start crying here. I don't want people to see that. <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, I don't blame you. Your Lions. Uh, yeah, they're never going to win. They're the Lions. They got no shot. <laughs> <laughs> Lions, Cowboys, NFC Championship, fellas. Get ready. Yeah, I, I, will, uh, I will turn off the Madden console after that one, Zay. <laughs> Look at that. Is. Oh, this is sweet. Let me turn this so Trey can see it a little bit. Yeah, we're in the Rangers jersey. Ah, oh, the best. That's cool. If only Creed was there to open. Hmm. <laughs> Shoot. All right, boys. We're out of here. Thanks, y'all. Y'all have a great Thanks, show, fellas. guys. See you guys.